The Jets surprised us all on Thursday night, drafting a defensive end in the first round of the NFL draft. It was Will McDonald of Iowa State going 15th overall to the Jets. Lots of Jets fans are surprised. Lots of Jets fans are angry. I think you got to give this pick a chance, though. We'll discuss the selection of Will McDonald from all angles on today's episode of the Locked On Jets podcast. You are Locked On Jets, your daily New York Jets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, this is the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's Friday, April 28th, 2023, and I'm your host, John B. from gangreennation.com. Thanking you for making this show your first listen or first watch every day. Subscribe to this podcast for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts so that you'll get new episodes as they're posted. If you enjoy the show and are listening on a podcast source, please give it a five-star review. And if you're watching on YouTube, please give this episode a big thumbs up. These things help the channel out, help other Jets fans find Locked On Jets. Today's episode of Locked On Jets is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. Have you ever dreamed of becoming an NFL GM and managing your football franchise? Then this game's definitely for you. To download the game, just visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up on the app stores. Our listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using promo code LOCKEDON, all caps, in the game. Well, the first round of the NFL draft came on Thursday night, and it certainly was a surprise as the Jets selected Will McDonald out of Iowa State with the 15th overall pick. In fact, it was such a surprise. I don't think I've mentioned Will McDonald on this show in the lead-up to the NFL draft. So this one, this one really came out of nowhere. I don't think this was the position anybody was expecting. Defensive end, one of the strengths of the roster. Def- the defense is the dominant side of the ball. The Jets tr- just traded for Aaron Rodgers. You know, a lot of people thought Aaron Rodgers needs some help. They could get it in the draft. The Jets passed on a wide receiver, Jackson Smith and Jigba, who had been linked to them. So Jets fans are, you know, understandably a little confused about this pick. A lot of them are are upset. So I'm going to try and talk you through this. Because one thing I've learned in the NFL draft is sometimes you get upset about a pick and it's not entirely fair to the player. So why are Jets fans upset with this pick? And some some aren't, some are, some aren't. But I, I think the first thing is you have to look back to how the Jets ended up where they were at 15. Because if you were reading between the lines, and listen, there's nobody who's ever going to confirm this definitively, but it certainly felt like watching this play out in real time, the Jets were kind of zeroed in on Broderick Jones, the the offensive tackle out of Georgia. And then what happened, the Pittsburgh Steelers traded in front of the Jets. They traded up to 14. Uh, They traded up with New England. And the Pittsburgh Steelers, stole Broderick Jones right away from the Jets, right as the Jets were about to pick him. And there's some additional context here. The Jets originally had picked 13. So the Jets had the pick ahead of where Pittsburgh selected Broderick Jones, but the 13 went to Green Bay in the Aaron Rodgers trade. The Jets got 15 back. It was one of those things heading into the draft. You saw it could be an issue. I mentioned it. I mentioned it this week. You everydayers who listen to this podcast every day. And if you're new to the show, this is a daily podcast covering the New York Jets. We have new episodes each day, Monday through Friday through the week, and then bonus episodes as needed. But I mentioned this, that dropping from 13 to 15, you know, there could be an issue there. Because the Jets were dropping behind New England, and you know New England wanted to, you know, New, you know New England wanted to mess with the Jets. My speculation was that the Patriots themselves would take a tackle because it was a big need for the Jets, but it was also a big need for the Patriots. So the Jets in this Aaron Rodgers trade dropped from one spot in front of the Patriots to one spot behind them. Well, what happened was 
Patriots did not take a tackle, but the Patriots facilitated Pittsburgh moving up and taking a tackle away from the Jets. So I think from that standpoint, I think that that's the first thing that's got little people, it's, it's got people a little off balance. The second thing is the Jets seemed like they were scrambling at this point. They, you know, they, they took this all the way down to the last minute. They, they used up the, almost the full 10 minutes. It felt like they were trying to look for somebody to, to trade down with because the guy that they wanted, it was gone. And this is just, you know, this is an educated guess by me. This is not insider information, but just watching this play out, you see this from time to time in the NFL draft where a team thinks that they're getting a player and then they don't. And they're, they kind of like don't really know what to do after that because they were so set on getting a certain player. And that's especially true if like there's a big gap on your board between that player and anybody else. I think that very well may have been the case with Will McDonald because you know it's possible that the Jets had like a certain tier of players and Broderick Jones may have been the last player in that top tier and then Will McDonald's a little bit lower because you know you never know where guys are going to go but for almost every big board you saw had McDonald kind of like rated at the end of the first round so it felt like the Jets used up that time to try and trade down because they knew Mc, even if McDonald was the top player on their board they knew he was going to go. They knew if they moved down a few spots, he was probably going to be there. Now, Joe Douglas, after this pick, spoke to the press and claimed that there was a lot of interest in trading up to 15, but Will McDonald was just so good that they couldn't pass on him. I don't believe that there was a lot of interest in trading up. Well, again, we'll never know, but the reason I say that is there were another nine picks that went by before there was another trade. So it's possible that teams were throwing the Jets a lot of low ball offers, but that means that there was not a lot of interest. You know, it's possible that maybe there's a team a spot or two behind them that was looking to move up, but you would think the Jets probably would have taken it because Will McDonald, you know, you think would be available. So that's the that's another issue that that comes into play there. I, I think that you know the way that this was set up, I think it, it was it happened in a way that fans maybe felt like the Jets did not get the guy that they wanted in Broderick Jones. So they kind of felt like they're set, you're settling for him. I think another thing that comes into play here is just that. This was not a name that anybody really brought up before the draft. I mean, I, like, I don't think I mentioned Will McDonald on this show leading up to the draft, and I don't think there was any negligence here. There was not a lot tying Will McDonald to the Jets. If you look across the rest of the Jets' media landscape, this was not a guy who was expected to be a big pick. And I think that that can impact your perceptions of a, of a draft selection. And it's because sometimes familiarity makes you more comfortable with a player. And sometimes unfamiliarity makes you less comfortable with a player. You haven't really heard of this guy, so you're saying, well, who is this guy? He can't be that good. I've never heard of him. Of course, that's not the way it works, though. You know, some, sometimes the best picks are the ones that you are, that come the furthest out of left field. That it, it, It's true. And sometimes the picks that seem like you can't misses, they do miss. So I don't think that that's necessarily fair. I think the third issue with this is this is not a need. I think there's no question about it. This is not a guy who's projected to be a starter year one. I think there are a couple dynamics at play here. First of all, the Jets have some pretty glaring needs. Tackle's a big need. I don't know if you could argue wide receiver's not a need. They certainly could use another impact receiver there. Jackson Smith and Jigba's a player that a lot of fans have focused on. And he seemed, you know, you could argue that he became perhaps the quote-unquote obvious pick after Broderick Jones went off the board. You know, I don't know it was it was necessarily that obvious, but I think that, the, I think that that's another thing that comes into play. Is just they they added to maybe the biggest one of the biggest strengths on the team, maybe the second biggest strength behind corner, instead of addressing an area where they're where they were weak. But when I look at this, if you're if you're an everyday or again somebody who listens to this podcast every day, well, first of all, thank you. And if you're new to the show, I hope you'll 
enjoy the show enough to join us again. But I always say a couple things. First of all, the draft is really about building long-term strengths. And even a team that's in win-now win mode like the Jets, you're really focused on finding guys who are going to be with the 8 to 10 years. And when we talk about needs, I understand needs, but there are two ways to improve your team. One is to make a weakness better. The other is to make a strength stronger. And I think sometimes we dismiss that second area there. I think that sometimes, you know, sometimes the best picks are not the ones who are who make the best, worst spot on your team better. Sometimes they, they're the guys who make one of the strongest spots on your team even deeper, even better. And I think that these are important things to keep in mind because ultimately we don't remember what the Jets draft needs were when a certain player was selected. We just remember whether the guy was an impact player. If Will McDonald goes out there and plays great, nobody's going to remember that this was the biggest strength on the team. All the people will care about is that he's a great player. So it's really the question is not whether it addresses an immediate need. And I understand the win now situation the Jets are in with Aaron Rodgers maybe makes this a little bit more of a nuanced story on that front. But ultimately, all you'll care about a year from now is whether this guy produces or not. So what's his role on the team going to be? How will Will McDonald fit into this Jets roster? What Where will he play? We'll get into that ahead here as we continue this Friday post-round one edition of the Locked On Jets podcast. Today's episode of Locked On Jets is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. There's probably no day in the calendar where you, where more of us try and play fantasy GM. Well, this game is your chance to try your best. You've heard me talk about this mobile app, and if you've ever thought you'd make a good GM, you've got to give this game a try. It's not as easy as you might think to create a dynasty, because when you play Ultimate Football GM, you control and manage every strategic aspect of your team. You play through seasons, you lead your team to glory, trying to build a historic dynasty. And with Ultimate Football GM, you are responsible for controlling the destiny of your franchise by hiring the right coaches and coordinators, managing all the finances, including negotiating player salaries and terms, and navigating your franchise through free agency, the draft, injuries, player personnel issues, and all the ups and downs of the season. And all this is in a challenging and realistic game world. Ultimate Football GM is completely free and playable offline. Play on the go as you want and when you want to. And Locked On Jets listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using promo code Locked On, all caps in the game store. That's Locked On in all caps, so make sure to check it out today. And to download the game, just visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up on the app stores. Again, that's ultimate-gm.com. Ultimate Football GM, start your dynasty today. Thank you for making Locked On Jets your first listen every day. Tonight, join Kyle Krabs, Joe Marino, and other Locked On NFL local experts for live NFL draft coverage presented by Ultimate Football GM. Kyle and Joe will have live coverage of rounds 2 and 3 beginning at 6.30 Eastern tonight on YouTube on the Locked On NFL scouting page. And tomorrow, they will get you caught up live after each round starting at 11.30 Eastern time. Subscribe to Locked On NFL Scouting with the Draft Dudes to get notified when they go live. Well, today we're talking about the first round of the NFL Draft. The Jets select Will McDonald out of Iowa State, a pick that's controversial in the fan base for reasons I mentioned in the first segment. And this was a tricky year for the Jets and in general. It was viewed as not as deep of a draft as as your typical season. And you have to remember, last year the Jets had two top ten picks. So they had the chance to draft Sauce Gardner and Garrett Wilson. This year, they were drafting at 15 overall. So there's no way the Jets are going to have as good of a draft this year as they did last year. They just don't have the draft capital. They don't have the early picks. But beyond that, because of the lack of depth in this year's class, 
it's much more difficult to scout these players out. And you're going to see a lot more variation in teams' boards this year because the players aren't as skilled. So, you know, like Sauce Gardner is going to fit any scheme, but there are other players who are going to be much more scheme-specific. The further you get down the board, the more the more limited the player's skill set is. So there are certain players, because you have a limited skill set, you'll be a good fit for one team, you know, a team that, that needs this skill, but not a team that needs that skill. So it's a little bit tricky. And I think Will McDonald's a guy who at least on paper, profiles as a decent fit for the Jets' defense. You know, he fits the Robert Sala mold pretty well. Robert Sala likes to put his defensive ends out at what's known as the wide nine. It's a nine technique. That means you're really far out there. You're kind of outside where the tight end lines up as a defensive end. Your job is to kind of get up get up the field and get to the quarterback. I think as a rookie, Will McDonald's probably looking at a role where he's going to be a rotational guy. And I guess to a certain extent, every defensive end is a rotational guy in Robert Sala's defense, but I don't view him as a full-time player. I think that's part of the reason, again, that this is such a controversial pick is I think especially with only two picks in the top 110 this year for the Jets, at least as we stand right now, you know, tomorrow there could be a trade down. Tomorrow, perhaps they'll get extra picks, but I think part of the controversy with this pick is the Jets don't have that many early picks, and of course they are in quote-unquote win-now mode. So I think a lot of people were looking to get an immediate starter. Again, I don't know that that's necessarily fair. I think especially in a draft class this thin, um, it's tough. It's not that easy to find an immediate starter. I think McDonald's definitely profiles as more of a rotational guy, and he brings some intriguing tools to the table. You know, it's a little bit difficult to judge because Iowa State ran a somewhat unconventional defense that really did not put McDonald in the role he'll be with with the Jets all that much. I mean, he kind of lined up. He had to play inside a little bit more than you'd like him to. And he's, you know, he's a little bit, he weighs in a little bit under 240, which is a tad undersized for a defensive end. And I think that he's got the, he's got a big enough, he's got a frame that he could fill out a little bit more. He could add a little bit of weight, add a little bit of muscle. And I think he's going to have to, you know, I, I don't think he's big enough right now to hold up against the run on the edge you know, when you play the run, you got to be strong. you got to hold the point of attack, especially on the edge. That's really important because you essentially need to, you, you need to manhandle your guy because you don't want to, you don't want to get sealed on the edge. Otherwise you're, you're the running backs taking the ball down the field. You need to, you need to be able to control the guy in front of you and push him back so that the running back has to cut back. Otherwise the running back's going to run into the lineman. And I, I don't know that McDonald's there yet. What does he bring to the table? Well, there are a couple things, you know, he's explosive. There's no question about that. You know, he's, he's a, dynamic athlete you know it's cliche but i think it's true in mcdonald's case he also has very long arms lots of length and that's something joe douglas likes the jets general manager i mean if there's if he's off the ozzy newsom tree ozzy newsom was the great general manager for the baltimore ravens and guys off the ozzy newsom trade tree they value traits you know there's some there's some teams where they value production in college there are some teams that value certain skills over others Guys off the Aussie Newsom tree tend to value traits. And what do I mean by that? I mean that they, they like the physical tools. They, they like guys with big frames. They like guys who are, who are excellent athletes. They like guys who are bigger at their size but still have the athletic ability to move. That's what, that's what Aussie Newsom likes. That's what Joe Douglas likes. Now, not everybody's as good at drafting as Aussie Newsom, And Joe Douglas certainly has a very mixed record when it comes to the draft. In 2022, his class was phenomenal. Two rookies of the year. What more can you say? Prior to that, a little bit shaky. The 2020 class just really has not panned out at all. 2021 class, the jury's still out, but things, you know, things aren't looking as good as they were a year ago. A year ago, I think we were excited about Elijah Moore. A year ago, Zach Wilson still had a shot to turn it around. The 21 class is looking a little bit shaky. 
And I think ultimately a pick like this, you, it kind of tells you what you think of your GM because this is a projection pick. This is a guy who's not all the way there yet. I think, you know, he's not completely raw as a pass rusher, but he's not super refined as a pass rusher. And I think he's the type of guy where he doesn't, he's still kind of figuring out how to do what's known as pass rushing with a plan. And that's essentially, how do I set this guy up? I'm going to make this move to set this guy up, and then I'm going to counter with this move. You know, if, the, if plan A doesn't work, this is my plan B. Quinnen Williams is excellent at this. Quinnen, I know Quinnen Williams is a defensive tackle, so he plays more on the interior. Quinnen Williams is excellent at that. And that's one of the things, that's one of the reasons Quinnen Williams was a top three pick. Will McDonald's still learning in this, in this sense. And, you know, it's kind of a sign of the times. It's a sign of how weak this draft class is that Will McDonald is a top 15 pick. I think in a lot of years he would not be a top, I think most years he would not be a top 15 pick. But essentially what the Jets tried to do is they tried to find a guy who fit their system. And I think year one, again, he's going to be a part-time player. And I think the goal for him ultimately is year two, they want him to develop into some something a little bit more. They want him to develop into a, a starter. And people are, you know, people are making the point. The Jets just drafted Jermaine Johnson last year. They hope he's going to pan out. How does the pick make sense? You know, first of all, you never know how your picks are going to pan out. Yeah, and I, and I think that there's something to be said for building in some margin for error. But that's especially true on the defensive line, where it plays such an outsized role in Robert Sala's defense. And you know, if you look at the great teams in the league, they're just stacking talent in, in critical areas. There's There are a few areas on defense more critical than the defensive line. So will this pick work out? I mean, there are some question marks here. This is developmental. This is a guy who's got to develop a little bit. And I think it's fair to say that you know Joe Douglas does not deserve the benefit of the doubt for picks for developmental players with overwhelming athletic tools because an awful lot of his moves have not worked out in this area. And that's true in the draft. It's true on the pro pro personnel side. So if you're a little bit, you know, you're a little bit skeptical because you don't trust Joe Douglas. Well, I can't really argue with that. But if you look at the, the, the theory behind the move is that you just keep loading on the the defensive line. And even if he's not going to be a big contributor year one, eventually he's going to be a very good player. You know, that's all you're really going to care about. So I understand the the skepticism. I understand the frustration some of you have, and some of you are probably thrilled. So you know you don't need me to tell you this. This essentially is things or things you already knew if you if you love this pick. I'm not telling you to love the pick. I'm not telling you it's necessarily going to be a great pick, but I do think a player like this deserves an open mind because we, none of us really know. None of us really know how a player is going to pan out. And I got to tell you, I've seen it with the Jets. I've seen it with other teams. Sometimes the picks fans hate the most end up being the best ones. Because sometimes they have a little bit of a longer-term view than you realize. And I think that this is certainly a pick that, in theory, has a longer-term view. You're not going to get the immediate impact because of where the player is or because of what the Jets already have on the defensive line. But I'm going to give him a chance. I think he deserves a chance. And I think, you know, I think as a rookie, we'll see what he can do. But we're not done with the draft yet. We still have a couple days left. Jets do have one pick on day two. Man, I would love for them to have more. But they only have one pick right now. It's 43rd overall. As we continue on this Friday episode of the Lockdown Jets podcast, we're going to discuss some of the options they may have with this pick. I'd love to see them trade down, but if they don't, there are some intriguing players who could be available at the top of the second round. I'll tell you who some of those are ahead here on the Lockdown Jets podcast. Today's episode of Lockdown Jets is brought to you by Built Bar. You might be thrilled with what the Jets did in the first round. Celebrate with a Built Bar. You might be upset with what the Jets did in the first round. Cheer yourself up with the Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar on the market. These bars are amazing. Why are they so good? Because they're all covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. And they come in amazing flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and cookies and cream. 
but they're not just delicious. Built somehow makes these bars healthy. I have no idea how they do it, but these all well, these bars taste like a candy bar. They have amazing macros, and they most only have 130 grams of uh, 130 calories, four grams of sugar, and 17 grams of protein. And now you don't need to wait for a box. For years, I've been telling you about how you can buy your built bars at built.com, but now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club, and you can still get your. You can still get your favorite specialty players at Built.com, but you can also head to Walmart, head to the pharmacy section, and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. They'll have four-bar boxes of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. Or if you're close to Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13-bar box with hit flavors like brownie batter puff or churro puff. You can thank me later. This is the Locked On Jets podcast after day one of the NFL draft. Now our attention turns to day two. Rounds two and three will take place tonight. The Jets only have one pick on the second day of the draft. They have pick 43, which is actually not their own pick. It was Cleveland's second-round pick, and they received it in the, in the Elijah Moore trade. Of course, the Jets also sent their own third-round pick to Cleveland, so they essentially sent a third-round pick and Elijah Moore to the Browns in exchange for a second-round pick. The Jets' second-round pick, which, which, which was 42, went to Green Bay in the Aaron Rodgers trade. So Jets only have one pick on the second day of the draft, and they only have five picks for the entire event, which is too few. I was hoping the Jets would be able to trade down from 15 on Thursday night, but it was not meant to be. I think the Jets should definitely look to trade down if they can, especially if they can get a third-round pick back, because it's really tough to hit on... It's really tough to have a quality draft class with only five picks. You have to build in some margin for error. You have to assume that you're not going to hit on all, all your picks, and the more picks you have, the better chance you have to end up with a successful draft class. But there are no guarantees. I mean, it's very possible the Jets will just stick at 43 and make make the selection and then be done for the night. And that's actually happened a lot in recent years. The Jets in 2021 actually traded both of their third-round picks for uh, in the Elijah Vera Tucker deal when they, they traded up in the first round to get Vera Tucker. They had a, they, I think they had the second pick of the day and they drafted Elijah Moore and they were pretty much done for day two after that. And last year they traded up uh, in the first round for, they traded from, they traded up to get back into the first round for Jermaine Johnson. They essentially gave up an early, uh, an early third round pick and ended up getting a very late third round pick that they used on Jeremy Ruckert. It was another situation where they were picking pretty early on day two and then had to, had a very long wait They'll be done after 43 unless they make a trade down. So if they don't trade down, what could they do? Well, I mean, there are a couple different options. Now, there are some guys available on the offensive line. Um, there's Dewan Jones out of Ohio State at tackle. Uh, there's a guy, um, Matthew Bergeron out of Syracuse, a, a tackle prospect. Now, these guys are not necessarily viewed as plug-and-play types the way some of these other guys are, uh, You know, some of this, the way the guys on Thursday night were viewed as. So... Can they step in immediately? I mean, that might be a lot to ask. I think you know. I think the guys you can reasonably expect to be starters are now probably gone. At least the guys who you can reasonably expect to be day one starters. And look, I mean, there's only so much you can do in the draft. You, you can't go into. The, I say this all the time, and you everydayers know this. It's tough to go into the draft, needing to feeling like you desperately need to fill a possession. Because that guy may not fall to you. Broderick Jones, perfect example on Thursday night. If the Jets were looking to get a tackle. None of them fell to them. I mean, Broderick Jones was really the last of the top-tier tackles who was on the board, and he was gone before the Jets selected. So, tough to do. And I don't know that any of these tackles the Jets draft tonight are going to be able to do the job. So, we might be looking at going into the season with 38-year-old Dwayne Brown and Mekhi Becton, who hasn't really played in 
two, three years. Tough spot could be where the Jets are, even if they draft somebody. Now, they could also draft a center. John Michael Schmitz out of Minnesota is still available. Joe Tippmann out of Wisconsin is still available. Connor McGovern's back, but he's on a cheap one-year deal. I mean, his deal is so cheap, I wouldn't even be surprised to see the Jets draft a center, and I wouldn't even be surprised to see a camp competition with McGovern. Now, I think that would be a controversial move from the standpoint that the Jets already used a day-one pick on a player in McDonald who doesn't really project to be a starter. So where they go with a second pick and they only have this they only have two top 110 picks they only have two two picks in the top 110 would they go two picks where they don't really need a starter uh, that might be tough to do you know there are a couple other guys on the defensive side of the brian branch brian branch is a guy who i saw various mock drafts have the jets pick in the first round you know in the teens he's still available so if he falls i think he'd be a great fit at safety for the jets and i know it, again the offense is the unit that needs more help and there were all the jokes on Thursday night where Aaron Rodgers is used to not getting help from his team on draft day because the Packers famously, you know, they were they were not a team that used first round picks on wide receiver. They were a team that, you know, focused on the defense a lot while Rodgers was there. First round, Jets go defensive end. Second round, could they go safety? I think it, I don't think it would be a bad pick because, again, I'm focused on getting guys who are going to be here for a long time and play effectively. The impact of this draft is not going to be felt all in 2023. A lot of it's going to be felt down the line, five, six, seven, eight years from now. That's really the focus. So even though it may not help the offense, which is the unit that really needs help, you know, if you can add a safety, that might be the last piece you need on the defense, especially adding you know, another, another pass rusher who might be able to help these guys out. This defense could be, turn out to be really good. And with Aaron Rodgers, a quarterback, who knows what could happen. But anyway, that's all for today's episode. This has been the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day is our motto. As always, if you enjoy the show, hit the subscribe button where you're watching or listening so that you'll never miss an episode. If you're listening on a podcast source, please give the show a five-star review. If you're watching on YouTube, a big thumbs up for this episode. These things help the podcast out and help other Jets fans find Locked On Jets. Enjoy round two and three tonight. Enjoy the weekend. We'll be back next time to talk about what the Jets did in the NFL draft.